This podcast is brought to you by BeatStars, the number one marketplace to buy and sell beats. In this episode, our host DJ Payne One speaks to recording artists Lucian Parker and Jay Lynn about how to get your beats on television. To our pro page users, don't forget to check out our opportunities and challenges on BeatStars World for a chance to work with some of the industry's best creators. If you're not a pro page member, but would like to try it out, use the code PODCAST for a 30-day free trial. And of course, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Enjoy the show. Again, <laughs> hopefully that didn't happen. Uh, shout out to everybody that was in early. We have a pretty good amount of people in here. When I talk to producers day in and day out about beat selling strategies, beat licensing, beat marketing. I feel like the the goal kind of shifts a bit and the people that we're depending on and making the, the beats for, you know, eight out of 10 times get lost and, and they get excluded from the conversation. So today I want to include those people in the conversation so we can have bit more dialogue and a bit more understanding and gain insight from one another. So I I brought in two recording artists that I've known about for a couple years, and um, I'm grateful to have them. We have Jay Lynn and we have Lucian Parker. How how are the two of you feeling today? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. How are you, Lucian? I know you... you I'm I'm also doing pretty well. You abandoned us here in in Madison. Um, (laughs) Can you hear me, actually? Can you hear me through the mic? Yeah, let me me ask the chat... Does anyone need to turn their volume up or turn their volume down? I know we have. Some- yeah, can you hear me? Okay, because I don't have a mic. I'm just. Is everyone- just just scream louder. They they, they yes. say that they hear you. Okay, good, um, good. Every, okay, well, Cloud Nine Music says everyone sounds really good, so okay, that's way better than uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful than normal. Okay, we already have some Jalen fans in the chat. Hold Aww. on, let me open this door so my cat doesn't. Intrude the entire time that I'm on. <laughs> My cats are in here too, walking around. Just so you know, they probably will. Uh. <laughs> Her mic is good. You can hear my cat from all the way in the back away. of the room. Yeah. Further than that. All right. So I don't want to wait until the end to do this. Um, starting with Lucian and then Jalen. How do people find you? How do they follow you? How do they hear your music? I want to, I want people to be able to bookmark this now as they listen to the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think um, social media, like mostly, mainly, mainly for me, like Instagram. Um, I think uh, we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years in trying to figure out how to kind of like, you know, get people that are on your DSP streaming your music to become, you know, uh, followers on your social media platforms and then vice versa. Trying to get people who are following you on social media to go to your DSPs and actually stream your content. So we've been doing a lot of work of trying to like, you know, kind of... Um, put those things together and couple those pieces together um, with your social media platform on your DSPs and your streaming sites, as well as your social media. So we've been doing everything that we can um, like visually to do that. Uh, I think a lot of my streaming lately has come from uh, 
cool things too, like sync licensing, like sync placements and TV film placements. So I've had a lot of people jump over to my YouTube from Cloak and Dagger, like watching like a Cloak and Dagger show and popping over and be like, hey, I heard your song on this show. Um, where can we find this song? And then I've just been, you know, done my due diligence of like connecting with those people on social media, following up um, and things like that. But yeah, mostly my, my following comes from from socials. And then I think um, my cold following really was built from just like local and regional touring. So. Yes. Oh, you jumped right into the complexity of that question. I, so on a basic level, what's what's the Instagram? What's the Spotify? How do people hear your music now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people mostly uh, Spotify, mostly Spotify or Apple Music um, for me. Um, and then as well as like making a big push for YouTube. So like um, the main things that I think any uh, curator in 2020 is learning about is, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, you know, and like, those are, uh, some, or mostly those are like the, the big four, the big three, or however you want to couple them together. I think that those are the most important. So people usually, you know, they'll see like a social media ad we're running or, um, or, or word of mouth, like word of mouth right now, people just sending each other messages, sharing links with each other, SMS, each other i think that that's a uh, really great way and it's been a really um awesome way for us to like build that cold following is getting other people to share stuff on social media so stories um ads running social media ads curating ads towards your actual analytics um and things like that so on spotify you're lucian parker on instagram and, and twitter what are your username also some form of lucian parker so right like twitter um lucian parker wasn't just by itself wasn't available so i just added an underscore in between um but i do have you know one thing that we learned um maybe a couple years ago was to make sure that all of your social medias um have like your 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 artist name or your stage name as the as the main name for every account um and then also using like similar photos so that people when they're googling you or looking you up um, they see similar photos for all of your accounts. They know, oh, yeah, that's you. I can go to that page, and I know that this is that person's official page, especially when you're not verified or you don't have, like, a huge following. Um, then people know that that's your, like, authentic original page. Yeah, good, good advice for everybody, including producers. Jalen, how do people follow you? How do people check out your music? Um, a lot of my um, following would be Twitter for me. I love Twitter. Um, I can interact with people on there and then share links, and then, you know, when they retweet and stuff like that. Um, also Spotify. Um, I'm Jalen on Spotify, uh, Jalen underscore 415 on Instagram. I actually just joined Instagram though. So I'm new at it. I don't have a whole lot of content on there, but I'm working on it. Um, but usually mostly Spotify for me. Um, I kind of neglect the other platforms like Deezer, Tidal. I don't really push them or promote them as much as I should. Another thing I'm working on, but um, mainly like Apple or Spotify for me. Got it. So you're, you're both rappers who take your careers pretty seriously. What are some of the most recent career strides you've been proud of? I'll ask Jalen first and then Lucian second. Um, career strides. Right now, honestly, there's not like a whole lot of, I'm just kind of at a plateau. I'm not really, I don't have anything going on right now other than just creating. I'm trying to make as much music as I can. Um, but I'm kind of slow in the process. Like I see people who can put out a track a week, a track a day. I'm not the best at that. I kind of take a little bit longer for my process. So for me right now, it's just kind of building uh, building up my track list, having things ready to put out, just trying to be consistent with that. But as far as career strides, it's it's literally just that, just working on my brand, trying to make content, get it, get stuff like that um, squared away. So that's about it right now for me. And this, and this is awesome. I'm doing this. Yeah, for real. That, yeah, that's true. No, this is when when DJ Payne won interviews. Yeah, awesome. Your life changes within 24 hours. Um, <laughs> See, that's what that's what I'm hoping. That's for. the truth. How about uh, how about yeah, you, Lucian? No. 
Yeah, no, just piggybacking off of Jalen. I think um, part of that stride has been uh, with everything going on, right? We're, we're, artists are forced to adjust, right? Right now, um, I think a lot more thoroughly than they than they were in, over the last couple of years, just because of you know everything going to virtual and like sure shows going digital and like live performance going digital to kind of just combat this COVID nineteen pandemic but i think um one of those strides too has just been like jalen said was is figuring out what your process is and being comfortable in that process right you know not everybody can put out eight albums a year you know we're not all future like we can all put out 30 track albums all the time but making sure that your quality of work is something that you're proud of and that your process is something that you're proud of that works for you so if you can fit in two eps a year and a couple singles in a video and that is working for your following i think it's all about that right is uh part of the the dichotomy is being being um there for your fans right just as much as you need them to be there for you so i think figuring out like what your core following needs um and what level of content um consumption they need for your art like for me personally i've realized that like you know uh posting on my story a lot doesn't actually do much for me um, but posting authentic content that people can comment, share on, um, and, and share on my, on my news fees is something that's more engaging for my core following specifically. Some people do a really good job on story and that's awesome. Um, but for me, it's more of that personal response. So texting my fans or DMing my fans, emailing my fans, things like that. They want a little bit more of a relationship with me than just, uh, watching me through my story. So I think one of those strides is, is that, uh, for me. Um, and then another thing that I've been that I've been um, that has been really helpful for me in the last couple of years is figuring out, OK, when there are dead periods like this or quote unquote dead periods, what can artists do to still be full time artists? So something that I've, I've been heavy in for the last couple of years is that sync licensing that I mentioned earlier and just figuring out other ways to um, take the content that I've lab ratted. Right. And take the content that I record all day, every day and figure out, OK, how can I monetize this content if I'm not releasing it? Um, so TV, film, music uh, and, and and ad music or sending your, your music to um, influencers. Right. Like that's a huge market right now where people are starting small businesses is like, uh, you know, ex-football players who are starting um, lifestyle fitness companies. Um, they need music for their social media ads. So I've been doing whatever I can um, to utilize those platforms to kind of uh, push things out. Um, so <clears throat> recently, a couple of those, uh, a couple of those things that, that worked for me was we had a, I had a placement maybe like a week ago in Tyler Perry's Bruh on BET. And then, uh, right, yeah, right before that, we um, I sent out, I have two homies that they did the video for this new incubation company called Chameleon BX. And Chameleon BX is an MBA um, incubator program that takes like star ha- high school athletes and prepares them for the MBA. So it's usually star, uh, high, star high, high school athletes that aren't going the college route, that don't want to take the college approach, but they still want to train for the MBA. So we have like ex-MBA assistant coaches and trainers that have built this program to kind of incubate some of these high school players and prepare them over the next couple of years to enter the draft. So we sent over some music for them. They were doing like social media ad work. Um, and I had some homies reach out that shot the video and they were like, hey, we need a song. What works? And I just, you know, happened to have a, a vault and I sent them over a couple options and they just picked what worked and then they shot a video around it. So like that... Those are some of the things that I've been trying to do as we're kind of in these like dead periods where I can't do shows. That's dope. So we already have questions coming because I don't think we can speak enough on the concept and process of getting (laughs) sync licensing. Um, So for you, was this totally based on personal relationships or did you actually research um, music Mm. supervisors for particular production companies or shows? How did you even know who to who to send that music to in order to get those sync licenses 
Absolutely. Um, originally, I had kind of, like a lot of people, stumbled into it. Um, I, a long time ago, I released a song called Impossible, which is still my biggest streaming record to date. Um, and it, it got picked up by some music supervisors in L.A. at the time, just independently contract work. Um, they had offered me a, a sync fee um, to place it in a show. It didn't get placed, but they said that they would pitch it. They liked the song so much that they pitch it for other shows. Um, they ended, actually ended up hitting me up a couple months later um, and had offered a slot for Cloak & Dagger right before it hit it it had opened up um so we ended up doing that um it got placed which was awesome about a year after they had reached up reached out so like you can kind of see how much time it can take sometimes for for things to, to fall into place but it was well worth the wait and we kept the, the relationship so they had reached out we got a placement and then once we got the one um we kind of started doing the research and on like how to leverage that placement into other relationships right so we started emailing out with just that record hey we just recently got a placement on cloak and dagger um we started looking up sync licensing companies and then from there it was us taking the reins on figuring out how to immerse ourselves into that industry so at first i just stumbled into it and then i've done a lot of work you know over the last couple of years of trying to put other people onto that industry because i see the potential um in in how it helps independent artists right you know figure out a way to, to sustain and to budget themselves and to fund themselves um without having to you know have 150,000 instagram followers right it's a it's a way for people to to make real sustainable livable salary as a as an independent artist um especially in the midwest region so i've done whatever i can to put people onto that and then from there it's been like leveraging those same relationships reaching out to other sync companies you know now we have i have five under my belt now so it's a little bit easier once you start building that resume on like reaching out to more companies and saying hey this is the work that i've done um would you guys be interested in catalog and then it's just being consistent um so yeah i think it's there are sync companies out there too guys like marmoset that you can sign up for. You can actually add your catalog. Um, it's a submission process. Some of these places are private, but they hold like a huge catalog bandwidth of just like extra records um, from production that they've signed or vocalists that they've signed. Um, so I think anything like Marmoset or like uh, Third Side Music or like using a Song Trader, things like that. You know, if you guys check out Song Trader on on Google, it's an independent site where you can actually upload your own music. You can distribute it right through song trader and you can uh, you can license it so they'll put licensing opportunities up there so maybe a good way for people who don't have those like you know professional relationships with private sync companies to start getting into the sync world and, and seeing kind of like how it moves and and what happens and 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 uh how music supervisors work so and you kind of betrayed your own geography and said you were from the midwest i didn't i didn't ask either of you where you were from so uh we know we're losing from Jalen. where are you from um, I'm from California, like uh, Central Valley, Bay Area. Smooth. Got it. Uh, okay, so in general, before we get into very sp producer-specific uh, questions, and we have producers who are already asking questions and I plan on asking you throughout the conversation, um, what would you say is, is the, the biggest, just, just uh, one of the biggest challenges that you face as completely unsigned artists on a day-to-day -day basis? I'll, I'll ask Jalen first and then Lucian second. Um, probably for me, just reaching people, you know, just getting people to, right now I know the music industry, especially on social media platforms, it's super saturated. So, you know, you see all day long, there's people dropping links. I mean, I'm even guilty of it myself. Even some of my closest friends, you know, will share their links and it, it gets so overwhelming. You miss them. You don't have the time to click them or, you know, whatever that might be. For me, that's my challenge is just getting people to organically listen, you know, 
And I'll have people give feedback on music that don't even click links, you know, or just, you know, mm. want to talk to you rather than actually have listened to your music. So that's my hardest thing, literally just reaching people, um, gaining new new followers, gaining new people. That's my struggle. Yeah, I can definitely um, I can definitely agree agree with that. That's definitely one of the struggles. I think is is hard when you have you're trying to kind of bounce uh, off of your code file following to get you know that algorithmic based um, you know uh, algorithmic based like uh, social media share uh, outreach right. right right you're trying to like catapult it off your cold following so you Crack want your the core. Code. yeah right like you want <laughs> yeah. your core to be to be sending these things out to their friends because you just get the trickle down domino effect so right. i think that that definitely i agree with that has definitely been a struggle as an unsigned artist is reaching the masses right because there's there's enough people out there for everybody to have fans right right like everybody can can have fans i think it's it's tough in figuring out how to reach the demographic that's specific to you so i think yeah. part of that isn't just figuring out like okay what content is true to myself and like what matches me and then kind of try to take what's can doesn't mean you have to be in a box but maybe take what's working you know and mold around that first and build yeah. a following that allows you the place to kind of you know then work freely and and be creative and adventurous and and try new things um i think that and, and like i, I mean I, I i know people that are in this chat can vouch for just finances right like not not having access yeah, to you, yeah right like we're competing with A-level artists that have, whether they're getting paid off of it or not, they still have budgets, um, marketing budgets of, you know, into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's some of that's just for video work, right? right? And I think right now what we're competing with as independent artists is the visual aspects um, as things become more virtual and techie. Yeah, and so I think struggle. like, that, that's my yeah, right there is having more, right? more visual content out there. I don't have exactly. That was my second thing was that, yeah. Exactly. I think we're we're competing with these artists that are putting on incredible visual albums, right? Like even just with Black is King or Travis Scott's Birds in the Trap, you know, and those those mini documentaries, it's very tough to compete with that level of work when you don't have a half a million dollar budget. So I think for independent artists, it's figuring out like that, that's uh, how to kind of take with your resources that you do have and then figure out how to create very high quality work for a smaller budget. And that's just in like talent finding. Right. And then and then being a salesman and getting people to believe in your brand. Hey, I'm going to pitch this to you. We're like, hey, I got fifteen hundred dollars, but I need like the video of a lifetime. Right. <laughs> like it kind of comes down to you as an artist, figuring out how to talk your butt off to get people interested in, in wanting to take a smaller fee to help something that they believe in. And that's where the art right comes into play, which is just like having stronger music and having a stronger brand only helps you in the long run so make sure you guys are focusing on you know get in the studio make sure your product is correct right lab rat putting your ten thousand hours and then bring it to people and i guarantee you people will pop out and be like oh yeah we'll help right like well no people will sacrifice time if they believe in it and they'll sacrifice their 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 fees and their labor if, if, if they believe in the product right right yeah i agree i agree yeah i mean <laughs> I, I can certainly uh support that with with experience um recently crooked eye uh, who's the the rapper named by eminem as the most underrated rapper of all time um uh, recently posted about systemic misogyny in the music business mm. um as a woman and an independent artist jay lynn what are some unique challenges that you face while while networking and marketing your music for me, um, personally, it's more, uh, it's about like the content of a lot of female rappers music doesn't match mine. So sometimes I feel like 
you know, I'll hear what's mainstream or I'll hear what's popular and I'm worlds away from that. Like kind of my music is more for people who haven't listened. It's kind of like storytelling. I'm really into poetry, um, spoken word. I kind of like to tell stories from my personal life with my music. But when I listen to mainstream or I see what other people listen to, it kind of is discouraging um, to the sense where I feel like if I don't talk, you know, about sexual topics or I don't show more of myself physically or, you know, I don't do things of that sort, I don't get the same type of attention, you know, in my music that way. And so that's a struggle for me, just knowing, you know, putting music out there that's true to me that I know might not get as many plays because of the content. Mm -hmm. um, that's a struggle for me, honestly. But then in the reverse side of that, I'll also see, you know, male artists who will take a female's photo, you know, like a sexy picture and use that to advertise his using, you know, sexuality to push their music. So I guess there's its benefits and its risks, you know, I mean, it's benefits and it's downfalls of being a female in the industry. It's just, for me, that's it. It's content. I don't, mm. I don't necessarily, I don't have a problem with music where, you know, they're talking about sexual topics. It's just not for me. And I feel like but he's using a picture of, that, of a, of a sexualized female body to sell his yeah, music. I've noticed, he's like, not beats, taking like, a picture like, like his pre dick area or like abs or something to like, yeah, wow, like how I'm sexy like, this dude is. Except, <laughs> except for <my> dick. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, I mean, certainly there are. I think. I think with you know R and B artists, you kind of it, it's it's tough to not be a super attractive male R and B artist and, and and sell. But it happens, and certainly tough. you're speaking to something that's really ingrained in culture outside of of music. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's certainly something that I don't face at all. And I don't. Yeah. Know. And I don't use that to my advantage. Like, yeah, I don't you know, I can I can put pictures of myself that are more provocative to advertise myself or to get more clicks. And I know that I know that if I put, you know, a sexy photo or I put this or something that's clickbait, I'm going to get more clicks that way. I don't do it on purpose. It's just not, you know, again, I'm not judging anybody who makes that type of content, anybody who does that as their marketing tactic. It's just for me, like, I know I could. I choose not to. So, right. like, it. it when I do see a guy take like a girl's photo and advertise something that way, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not mad at him for it. He's using what people want to see and as a marketing tactic, you know, and, and for me, it's just, it's not, it's not my route I want to go. So that's a struggle for me, just content. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about some of the topics that are popular. It's just not for me. I, I like to listen to it, but it's not, I'm not going to put it in my music. So I do honestly feel like I would possibly get more plays, more, more new listeners if that was the content. And that's discouraging for me, but <clears throat> to each their own, everybody has a lane, everybody, there's different music we can stream. We all can listen to whatever we want. But for me personally, that's, that's a struggle. I just, I won't mm -hmm. ever put that in my music. So for me, that's, that's one big thing. I feel like Lucy wants to say something. That's I was just looking at <laughs> No, I, I agree with all of that. I think like I've seen all of the same things that Jalen that is talking about. Like I've seen it. I've seen, you know, guys take, you know, half naked photos of women that they don't even know and just right. make edits just to like push the content. I think, you know, <clears throat> that is maybe a little bit more knockable than like somebody that had like hired freelance a model to shoot a photo like, hey, we're trying to do this for the cover art. Would you be interested? Right. And that she was down. I think I've seen people just taking photos off the internet or like grabbing women's account photos or profile photos and try to push their music. And, like that to me is just weird energy anyway. So. Yeah, it's a little different. Like I said, I'm not mad at anybody's tactics. And I know that 
that's it's unfortunate that that's just what the world is. That's what people sure. gravitate towards. So they're just, sure. you know, in my opinion, they're just kind of taking taking advantage of a situation and and Absolutely. trying to market themselves. But yeah, it's a little weird to me too. To be, Absolutely, <laughs> to be I do I do want to say though, just um, just for people listening, I think that there is an important thing in deciding like what healthy listeners look like for you, right? I think there's a place in which a lot of people can get a lot of listeners off of clickbait or off of like mainstream content. I think it's figuring out like like you were saying, right? That you could get a hundred thousand listeners off of like some provocative content, but the fact of the matter is if like those listeners don't match your brand, they're not going to stay around unless right. you continue to put out provocative music. So for you, that's not really healthy, right? Cause it's like, you could get a million plays on the one song that's provocative that you drop. But now it's like, if you're not dropping that content and those listeners start going away over yeah, time, yeah, right. Then it's not really healthy. So it's figuring out how to build like a healthy fan base. It might take you longer, but I know you would rather a hundred thousand people listening to you that are like actually in invested in in quality content that matches what you what your message is right as yeah absolutely i think that that's been just as important figuring out you know how to look at plays right getting plays is just as important as figuring out how to look at them and like what does that mean right like we look at analytics a lot and just say how does what does this mean for us right what do your top cities mean for you what should you do with that information right if you have 60,000 monthly listeners, who are they? What does that mean? Are they the ones actually playing it? If you have 60,000 monthly listeners, but most of your music is being played off of other people's playlists um, instead of your page, your actual authentic Spotify page, then are you converting those 60,000 people into a cold following that will stick around or will one month go by and then you'll be at 20,000 monthly listeners and, right. you know, things like that. So I, I don't know. I just wanted to, to drop that in there too, just in thinking about it. No, and, you know, yeah, yeah, and I agree. With, like, that's a struggle for me too, is keeping my Spotify monthly listeners. It goes up, it goes down. So yeah, that's yeah. what I've been doing a lot lately is focusing on my analytics, trying yeah, to study them, trying to, you know use that to my advantage so i agree with that absolutely and for producers this is this is not something that they should gloss over either and when we had andrew from TubeBuddy on um and he was talking about checking specifically your youtube analytics and looking at not just how many likes you're getting because that's kind of it's not useless but it's not that important looking at your engagement looking at your click-through rate if the average is is 2.5 to 10 I, i believe and your click-through rate is 1.5, that's a problem. If it's 7.5, hey, you're doing all right for yourself. If your right. average watch time is, you know, 10 seconds on a three-minute beat, that's a problem. What's what's right. happening? What's wrong with if, – if, if, the, if the watch time is low, that means there's probably something wrong with your beat. It's either not right. what people were searching for or it's just not necessarily that good if – your click-through rate is low. Maybe there's a problem with your title. Maybe there's a problem with your thumbnail. Right. So, so all, everything that we're talking about applies to singers, songwriters, producers. You know, any anyone with a brand. Um, so, I want to ask a really probably difficult question, um, but I think the two of you will have a, a great answer. And this is this is something for um, producers to really pay attention to. To you, what makes a quote good unquote beat? Oof. Who you going with first? You you go. <sighs> oh jeez. Yeah. Uh, what makes a good beat? Okay, for me, um, same thing as we're talking about in terms of like clicking through things, right? Like when I'm in the studio now, as opposed to maybe a few years ago. 
a few years ago, it was like anything that I got sent, I was like, I'm going to listen to every single beat because I was trying to formulate what my sound palette was, right? Like what I liked, what was digestible for me and what worked. As a more experienced vocalist, now it comes down to listening to beats based on what I'm looking for, for the project that I'm creating. So if I'm creating an album or a single that has a specific vibe, then I'm going to ask producers to send me things within that vibe. So what's been really beneficial for me now is reference beats. The first thing I reference tracks, right? I'll send out a reference and say, hey, this is the sound I'm going for. Send things back immediately off top. If your music doesn't match that vibe, I'm clicking through it. Right. Just because not because it's it's like I don't care about your beat, but because when I'm in the studio listening through beats, I'm looking for exactly what I need for what I'm going to cut over that day. So if, it, if it's not it doesn't match the vibe clicking through it, if it's not mixed correctly. Right. Like it's very quiet. I have to blast my speakers past like the radio level of DBs. Right. Like I'm, it, it's not it, it's plunky and it's not concise and clean. I'm going to I'm going to move through it. Um, I'm going to click through it. Um, so things like mixing. Um, uh, matching sound, matching vibe. Um, and, and then I think after that, it's just like uh, messy beats too, right? Like if it, if it seems like you haven't taken the time to pay attention to detail, then I'm going to, then I'm going to click through it as well. Um, but like, other than that, I don't really think, I think those are the main things for me, right? It's just got to sound good, right? Because at the end of the day, like I, I could be feeling something that I wasn't feeling two weeks ago, but as long as it's mixed well, it's mastered well, um, it's clean and, and, and it's not messy, then I think that it always has a shot with anybody. Um, but I, I for sure think the most important thing producers is when you guys are sending stuff, like make sure it's matching the vibe of person that you're sending it to. Right. Like if, if, if it's, it's okay to try to pull people into something that's challenging for them, but for most vocalists, like if you're in the pop world, like don't send them trap beats, right? Like don't send a pop artist trap beats. I think, um, if you're trying to get placements is like the healthiest thing to do is make sure that you, you match what you're sending with the person you're sending it to. All right. Right. Yeah. And for me, for me, I think it's, um, again, it's changed for me also from when I first started. Um, a lot of the things for me is when a beat drops, um, when I'm looking for beats, I really take that into consideration. For instance, like if I'm, if I'm playing a beat and I'm 45 seconds in and the beat has not dropped shit, I, I, I'm clicking through it. I'm not going to use that. Also (laughs) the length of a beat, if it's a, you know, a one minute and 50 second long beat. And again, the beat didn't even drop till one minute. You're only giving me 50 seconds. Right. to be able to flow on it. So for me, it's for producers just being mindful of, even if you like the beat, which, you know, of course you should, you should love your own work, but is the rapper able to, or or singer, whatever might have you, able to put their verse on the song? Some of them, you know, they, they don't drop fast enough or they transition too fast or they'll put a sound effect in an ad, like a, in, a, in right. a weird spot, you know? And when you're flowing, that'll mess you up. And those are little small details that will literally make, I'll just click through the song. Like, okay, 45 seconds in, hasn't dropped next. I'll see it be only a minute and 50 seconds long. Sometimes I won't even listen to that beat if I know my song goes three minutes. And mm-hmm. I've also had an argument before on Twitter with somebody telling me, well, that's lazy. You know, you can go ahead and take the beat and extend it, or you can do this, 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 and the other thing. Well, for me, <clears throat> I know that I have that option, but I'm not, I don't specialize in making beats. I'm not great at it. I admit that. <laughs> So I don't, I won't buy a beat and then go and alter it. Me personally, I know people do. I'm not great at it. I don't have the skill set right now to be able to do that. So I was told, well, that's lazy. You should be able to take the beat and make it whatever you want. Well, I'm, that's why I'm purchasing it. Wait, who told you that? Did the producer tell you that? Well, remember, okay, it was this thing on Twitter. There was this big debate and I had, I was talking about beats and I had all these people coming at me like producer wise. Well, 
well, that's lazy then, you know, it, it, beats aren't just, you know, wrapped up for you. Take it, take the stems, do this, <laughs> and, and, and move it around and make it what you want. And I thought, That's well, projection. That's projection. Yeah, it's like if I was going to do that, then I would yeah. know how to make beats and make them on my own. I appreciate yeah. the beat for what it is when I find it because that's the producer's yeah. art. You know, that's – so for me, when I can find a beat, it's done, it's ready to go – that's what I personally am looking for. So, so like structure, structure and pocket for you is like the most important. Right. Right. And yeah, it's an emotion. It's an emotion for me. Like, like mm-hmm. DJ Payne personally, that's why I really, really am drawn to your beats. The first time I heard one of your beats was on rap chat. And I, I mean, I loved it. Two seconds in, I felt emotion from it, you know, and that's exactly. always what I'm looking for. So for me, um, it's an emotion. It's when it drops. It's being able to put it on and feel like, ooh, you know, you, you feel something from it. Like, oh, that's, you know, that that's what I get from your beats, and I really appreciate them for that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so just, you know, small things. And, and there'll be beats that are almost perfect, and it drives me nuts because I'm like, damn, why didn't you drop that here? Or it's just, it's not structured quite right. I can't put my verse on it, or I can't, you know, and, and that's the most disappointing for me. Like, man, you're almost there. And how do you tell a producer right. that? Like, for me, they'll say, well, hit them up and have them, have them, work with you or structure it but i feel like man i feel like that's i don't want to offend you you know i don't want to tell you hey change this change that because then it's to me it's not your beat at the end if if i do that to you you know that's just me how i feel but it's small things like that when the beat drops also um producer tags i had another uh, person tell me that i have no right to say that but you're entitled to a producer tag that's putting your name on it but some of them will put it multiple times throughout a song and in a spot where it's louder and going over the verse I'm trying to put down. So that's right. another thing. Multiple times of tagging your song in a, in a, or tagging in a beat, that's my only other thing. So those are my three main things. When it drops, the timing of a beat, emotion, and a super, uh, I don't know how to put it, like overwhelming tag that yeah. you can't work around. Okay, so, so I, I find this whole conversation hilarious in, in kind of a tragically humorous way. Because it it seems to me, and I think both of you agree, and I've seen it myself. I watched the Twitter conversations, and <laughs> it's a, when it's we, a, aren't they great? It's a dark hole. Oh, like yes, yeah, it's a dark hole. <laughs> it's a dark hole with hands coming out and trying to yeah. pull you in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I'm seeing producers frustrated that they're not selling beats to rappers, but when mm. or or recording artists. Some producers will respond really reactively to right. to feedback. So, yeah. as you were saying, Jalen, when you commented about the le- so, for example, the length that's the easiest thing to address. I think for for me, what I learned was rather than putting a two minute beat on my Beat Stars page, I'm just going to make that four and a half. Because look, if the if the rapper and tell me if I'm wrong. If you're recording a song, but you want three verses and not two, it's way harder for you to turn a short beat into a long beat than a long beat into a short yes. beat. You just yes, you just fade sure. it out. You cut it off. Yep. So th- that's advice that I give to producers Completely all the time. Bad. Just that's make it advice. long. If it's too <laughs> long, they bad. cut it off. You know what yeah. I mean? But you got criticism for saying that from the producer community because they have this artistic vision for the track. Fine, have your artistic vision. But when you're trying to sell those beats to people, when people are giving you their hard-earned money and they too have an artistic vision, at some point you're going to have to compromise. And it's not – this is me going on my producer rant. It's not you selling yourself short artistically. It's that you have to understand that you are two artists. 
and you're working together. And in fact, they're paying you. <laughs> yeah. So right. <laughs> what's the issue with compromising? I know DJ A said something to that effect where he, he missed a lot of opportunities. He was in a pop session and they asked him to transpose a beat and he refused to and he lost that opportunity. So right. um, there's, there's no shame in uh, uh, meeting somebody halfway and, and having a, right. a conversation where you communicate and, and make adjustments. That, that right. shouldn't yeah. be... That shouldn't be something that either of you get backlash for from the producer community. Yeah, no. And I think there's Yeah, they get really too. offended sometimes. And I also another yeah, thing I do. noticed is that they fight amongst themselves about things that as a rapper we don't even care about or think about. Like if you if you use loops, you're whack. And if you do this, you're this. <laughs> and it's like, I'm gonna tell you right now. Pain's like, like, oh my I god. I have never once listened to a beat and been like, I will never buy that because it has a loop on it. I don't know the difference. I don't care if the beat is good, use 85 I mean I don't yeah, we don't right. care. I promise you producers <laughs> we don't care about loops or tight beats. Name them tight beats to me help a lot because Producer, if producers looking, are like if you don't use gross beat you're failing. Yeah, or like if you use tight beats you're so unoriginal that it will no, the type of the beat is describing to us as the as the consumer as the rapper looking for it. It's describing for me like an emotion or a vibe. So if I'm looking for a Mac Miller vibe, you know, something kind of mellow or right. it's just to describe the beat. It doesn't make the producer uncreative by saying type beat. It just helps me out. So mm-hmm. stop fighting amongst each other. It's okay. Type beats are okay. Loops are okay to to us. I mean, it's more your guys's. I watch them fight amongst each other and I just sit there like I've never honestly thought about that. I've never listened to a beat and worried about a loop or what it, if you said it was a type beat that type this. That's you know, those are things that they fight. You guys fight amongst each other that we don't care about. So. Yeah, you just want a good beat. Exactly. I don't care what kind of loops in there as long as it's good. That's what I'm looking for. That, okay. I have nothing to add. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's get into the type B thing because some people were asking that. Um, let me ask Lucian and then, and then Jalen. Well, I think Jalen already answered the question. Lucian, do you search how okay when you when you're looking for a beat online and i know you've mm-hmm. gotten beats online and you've formed relationships with producers that you've worked with online Absolutely. how do you how do you search for beats what do you do do you type in okay a mood do you type in a tempo what do you do yeah um for sure i think oh my god it's been a minute since i've looked up like a type beat okay so a long time ago i started obviously on youtube Right. And I think the first thing that I did was I just thought of all of the artists I can think of in my head that match my sound. Doesn't mean that you're like copying them, but like they've influenced you. Right. I think music is a world of innovation. So I've tried to find like, okay, who matches my vibe and my sound and my energy. And then I've started there. So then I've looked up like, like if I'm in an R&B mode, like one of my biggest influences party next door. So I'll look up, okay, party next door type beats. Right. And then I'll kind of dive into that. What I learned after a while was, um, for me, it was always, and I'm sure Pan will get into this later, um, so I'll just touch on it, but I think for me, it was always about having the things that nobody else had, because if I make a song, I don't want everybody to have the same song as me. So for me, it was always kind of like starting, when I first got my bearings, it was figuring out, okay, those free type beats. How can I find something that I can just rap over so that I can get myself into kind of just a creative habit, so I can figure out what I like and what I, and I, and what I, um, what I, uh, what beats I like, what sounds I like, um, and I can kind of formulate a, a vibe or, or whatever I'm trying to a sound that I that I appreciate for myself. Then it went from there to 
okay, I need, I need more of the exclusive side of things. So what I would do is I'd find a beat that I liked, and then I would actually just go to that producer's page. Instead of just grabbing that first beat off YouTube and just taking that one, I'd go to the page of that producer. Because, you know, if, if, if you've seen like three, four beats from the same producer that you like and you vibe with, maybe you should just figure out how to connect with that producer, right? Because clearly they're creating a sound that matches what you're looking for. So I've gone to that page. Uh, then I dive into the rabbit hole of that producer, maybe go to their website, get off of YouTube, and then start figuring, okay, what are their leasing options? Then what I would do is I would lease all the beats that I liked, right, or grab the free ones that I liked. I record over it, and then I would send that demo to the producer. Hey, I want this record. What do I have to do for it? Right. And then and then it creates some sort of rapport with those producers. So that's kind of how I started when I was searching for beats um, back when I was searching for beats then. Um, And then those sites, too. Right. Like you go back and forth. Sometimes you find sites that are maybe hosted by like three, four producers. Those are the best sites to find when you have like uh, one of the one of the people that I that I love to this day. We're not close friends, but we have like a virtual relationship is dylan graham right a lot of people out there know who dylan graham is make real listen real um shout out to dylan graham he i met him at the very first beat star summit exactly yeah Yeah, he's a big beat stars user very talented and back when i found dylan graham in like 2015 right is when him and benjamin and a couple other guys just had this site where you could go on and they all had their least beats on it Um, And they were all quoted at similar pricing structures. So it was very easy for me to not only get like variety, but also kind of know what to budget for. Um, So I would go to back to that site after a while. And I just started grabbing as many beats from there as I could because it it matched my vibe and I trusted them and, and it created some sort of a personal relationship. And then funny enough, impossible was actually a Benjamin beat and got a place. And that created even more of a relationship. Once then I created a song that actually was beneficial for both parties. Then I started getting, Getting beats, you know, sent a little bit more and things like that. So I think like uh, just to start off, I think it was find the vibe that matches you. Um, find it right. Search for it and then kind of find those sites that work for you. You know, I found like a off a third party site in like 2016 that I've used religiously. It's called Jija. Um, they had really affordable, uh, really affordable leases. They're like eight seventy five, and I used to go back to that site all the time. Nobody knew about the site, so I would just go there and find beats that like nobody else had, um, and then I'd buy the exclusive or the lease or whatever. Um, so I think uh, match your vibe, and if you really like the producer, maybe just go reach out to the producer or cut a couple records to the free beats, and then send a producer, "Hey, this is the vibe that I'm in. Could you make more of this if I paid you for custom stuff? You know, things like that." So. Yeah. Yeah, so Jalen, what for you, what makes you start working with a producer consistently? Um, um, what's that process like? Just looking, like he said, for me, um, I started out finding beats on Rap Chat. That's where I first started. And it was, I would notice, like, I liked a certain, I, I would be looking through and I wouldn't even see the name. I would just hear it and be like, I'm like you. I, oh, I know that's DJ Payne. And I started to get really familiar with your beats. So then, you know, I know you're a producer. I'm going to go back and check for And then, like, another one is Classy Beats. He has, like, a certain style like you where you hear the beat and I know it's his beat. Um, He doesn't even have to have his tag, by the way. His tag is awesome. Um, That's one tag that I really like. But it's basically just... And then I found this guy on BeatStars, actually. And I used to be hesitant to shout him out because... I didn't want people to go. I was hoarding him. I was like hoarding my producer. I'm like, no, I don't want you guys to find these beats, but he deserves it. And his name is um, that kid Goron. 
And I found him literally by searching um, Mac Miller. Like I said, I wanted like a Mac Miller type vibe. And so I typed in um, Mac Miller beats and he popped up and I got stuck on him. I heard one beat and it was amazing. So I just started going through his category and I ended up that day buying several beats from him. And I just kind of stabbed him. And I go back weekly to see it. I check on that guy weekly to see what beats he's put out. Um, so for me, like I said, it's just a vibe. All I search type beats um, or, you know, certain vibes of beats, um, things like that. And then I'll, I'll get stuck on a producer and just continue to come back looking. So right now it's it's mainly you, class, uh, Classy Beats, and that kid Goron. But that's how I do it. I, I found him through a type beat. Yeah, so don't be scared music. to use type Classy beats. Don't let, you... don't let other producers tell you type beats are like a bad thing because that's, that's what a lot of rappers use to find things. So Classy's out here showing you all the love. Oh, is he? I can't see it. Yeah, yeah he's, on, he's in here on the comments. He said much love to Janet. Oh, how do I see the comments? Do I... Am I able to? Yeah, you, all you have to do is click on, there's a little tab that says comments on the right-hand side. Man, there's a bug in here, and I'm trying to kill it. <laughs> I'm so bad. I figured that. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't judging you. I can't find it. I'll, I'll wait. I th- maybe I thought you had I virtual reality going. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think I a bug in oh, here is taking me out. Where it says chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, to, go to comments. So you see there's like two oh. sections of private chat? Click comments. <gasps> Hey guys, Boom. sorry. Wow, Boom. I'm sorry, guys. I did. I'm just. No, that's fine. It's really distracting to try to pay attention to the comment. That's yeah. why I'm kind of trying to moderate and insert those comments into the uh, into the conversation a little more naturally. Uh, yeah, so I'm let's let's transition over to the to the business. Um, obviously, you've done business with producers. You've built relationships with producers. Absolutely. I think a source of anxiety for everybody involved is having that conversation about splits. Not so much. For some of us, I don't really, I don't, I don't feel that way, um, but others do. Um, so, f- f- what has been your experience with splits? I mean, it, it, in your opinion, what does a fair split Ooh. look like between the composer of a beat and the writer and performer of a lyric? Mm. Um, and have you ever had any kind of disputes or any any situations that you've kind of had to, you've you've learned a hard lesson from? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I've had a, a situation I learned a hard lesson from, but it's a little bit different from that situation. Um, I actually found beats because sometimes producers is another thing I've learned to look out for um, is that a producer that I had found um, had posted some beats. And this is when I was just starting out. This is actually the first song I ever released. Um, I was just starting out. And I really loved the beat. And it wasn't through beat stars or anything like that. We just were exchanging emails. So I bought a lease from this guy. I put the song out, and then I heard from a larger artist about a week later um, that that artist put the song out with the same beat, and they actually owned the exclusive to it from what I was told. And when I looked at the credits, it wasn't the same producer, so I panicked. I was crying and everything. I'm like, oh, my God. I I put something out. I didn't have permission. You know, I have this lease, but it was this generic lease. At the time, I didn't even know what beat leases should look like. So it was, you know, real generic, real looking back now, really stupid of me. But I paid the guy, got this little generic lease, released the song, and it was not this guy's beat to ever give me the rights to. So Mm -hmm. that was a lesson I learned. I then had to go back to my distributor, remove the song, and it was a really personal song to me. And I actually reached out to the producer to, like, apologize, figure out, make sure, because I also know, you know, producers work with each other, so maybe he did have the rights to the beat. But So I was super confused. I actually reached out to the producers listed on the larger artists' um, credits, and they never, you know, responded or reached back out to me. 
And um, yeah, so it was just a really confusing situation. I didn't know if I had the rights to use it. I didn't know if it was a a legitimate lease. So I ended up removing the song. But um, that's a hard lesson learned is just really, you know, finding somebody reputable, making sure that the leases are legit. And that's what BeatStars has actually offered me. I know I've never purchased anything on BeatStars where the lease isn't legit. Um, But as far as splits for me, I've never gone over like the lease numbers. I've never had big enough numbers where I've ever had to really consider the splits yet. Um, So I would think 50-50 though, if you ask me, it's half your work, it's half my work. So that's my feeling on it, it's 50-50. Absolutely. I've had kind of a, I think, um, I've had kind of a, a similar issue just in the sense of like when I first got started, not really understanding what the tiers of like leasing to exclusive looks like. Um, and again, right, like every producer, <clears throat> that's the thing that gets tricky is every single producer has different terms per their structure. Nice. So some people write lease for free at a different uh pricing and then some people have even done like a weird in between there's not just leasing to exclusive it's like lease then like a top tier lease where you get a wave instead of an mp3 right for a little bit more expensive and then like you can get the stem track out and the exclusive what i've found interesting to to be completely honest with you is making sure that people understand that exclusive or exclusivity has nothing to do with splits um in the sense of like exclusivity what that actually means right is that this producer's beat is now off the market for anybody else right there still hasn't been a split agreement and there still hasn't been anything that people have agreed to splits pertain to the writing right and i think that's a little bit harder for producers in 2020 to wrap their heads around and vocalists too because we don't understand publishing from the core base that that it was which was like writing right sheet music lyrics on paper right and that's what that really meant and that's what those splits really were about. So I think as things have become more virtual, that has changed in how we look at it. So people have been able to, you know, lead people astray or, or vocalists like us who have been like confused and just figuring out how um, the lease that I bought how the, that is coupled with or pertains to any type of splits, right? And I think that the, the first thing to do is to understand that they are separate and then to understand them both um, uh, as, you know, in depth as you can um, in their separate worlds. And I think, uh, so leasing, right, is um, you have rights to use the beat. That's what that means, right? Um, leasing to exclusive means that you have rights as just somebody else who has the beat and then like everybody else who has ever leased the beat has rights to use it. Exclusivity is like the artist who bought the exclusive tag, right? Is the only artist that has the right to use this beat. Okay. And then splits on the other side is more so pertaining to who wrote and put hands on the master version of what this song is now that you've put writing on top of writing. Um, And I think that a couple of the things that I've run into are a, And first, just people not knowing what splits are, right? Like, I've had a lot of producers that have just no idea what splits means or what that looks like or what it's supposed to entail, Um, but vocalists as well. And I think those are important things when you're, like, in the independent world to make sure that you know these things um, because they will be more beneficial on the uh, side of collecting mechanicals, royalties, and they'll be more beneficial on the side of collecting, like, licensing fees for music, right? Because it lets you know who gets paid for what based on who wrote. Um, and I think that, um, some of the things that I've run into is in thinking that, um, buying the lease or buying a more expensive lease or premium lease or an exclusive has, uh, 
given me like complete ownership over the beat and then I don't owe any producers anything. And that's not correct. Right. Even when you buy the exclusive beat, it doesn't mean that now it's your beat and the, and the producer has no ownership over it. Right. They still own their version of the writing, like their portion of the writing. So the sheet music, right. The kicks, the snares, the instruments that they use, they still own that part and have rights to it. If say your song was to end up in a TV show, right. The producer then can claim those rights based on the split so buying exclusive doesn't mean like i own the song now and it's mine and i can cut out the producer it means that you're the only artist that should have access to that beat now and that that beat should no longer be sold online essentially the point of uh, doing exclusives guys and producers for like uh, maybe i'm sure Payne can like jump on this too but um pricing right I think what I, what I read about a couple of years ago was producers base their exclusive prices based on how many volume of records they sell on the leasing side. So if I have one beat online and I know I can sell a hundred copies of that beat as a lease for $50 a piece, right? So I can make $5,000 off of that beat. Then I will charge my exclusive price as $5,000 for me to take that offline, right? If you're a producer that sells a high volume of beats on BeatStars online, you kind of price your exclusives based on like your average of what you would be making if you were to leave that beat online. So then you can kind of like, you know, sometimes you'll get weird things. Where it's like, hey, the lease is 50 bucks, but the exclusive is 3K. And, and producers or vocals are kind of like, why is that? You know, like, why is it so expensive? What's the disparity and what's the difference? That's kind of around how uh or what at least what made sense to me that i had listened to like one producer talk about you know this is why i charge so much for exclusives um based on on leases um and and then i think um again just doing those splits it's tough when you have people that don't really understand the importance of splits or don't really care. Uh, or fake about, it till they make it. Right, like, right. No, you know, they're too or, embarrassed to ask. Yeah, or like, to be honest with you, I had a situation in which like I uh, I had reached out to the producer for one of my biggest songs. And at the time, it wasn't my biggest song, right? Um, and he was kind of giving me like, you know, I, I was getting responses like every six months through email, right? Like I had managers reaching out to him like, hey, bro, like we're trying to use this beat. It's already out. Like we've bought this, you know, we bought these licenses for it. We're just trying to make sure that we get the splits done. So if anything happens, you don't come calling acting as if like we have never created a rapport with you. Funny enough, right? That song is the one that ended up getting placed for the first time. And I still had had no response from this producer. So, you know, um, just, just, just to put that in producers heads, right? If you don't respond to these vocalists and then all of a sudden year, two years later, that song has done a million streams streams and has a tv placement you're missing out on a huge chunk of, of licensing composition money right um simply because people didn't want to respond or didn't want to do split sheets because they didn't think it was valuable um and i think that that's the value in it is you never know who has bought your beat and and who who could you know have a a, a viral track out right you never know um so i think it's it's imperative that you guys claim your rights right claim claim um claim your splits, uh, claim your composition, right? You wrote that. So I think, um, that's been something that's been a struggle, you know, and then having that person reach out two, three years later and claiming, Hey, I want a piece of the pie, you know, and we have tried to reach out to you for a year, two years and trying to get you your own rights, you know? So I think that that's been kind of a struggle, um, on that regards too, um, or in that regards too. So I just think, make sure people understand what splits are, make sure you understand what splits are, um, because that's just the, your rights, right? It's just you claiming your own music. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know that was a lot and a mouthful, but. No, you're, you're, you're let me, right. let me open another 
can of worms in here, Jalen. Um, let me direct this question to you. If there were, if there were one thing that one piece of advice that you could give beat makers on how to work and build relationships with more recording artists, what would that advice be? Don't spam your links. <laughs> don't, don't, and like I was talking about earlier, it's so oversaturated, you know, on social media with people who make music. Unfortunately, not everybody who makes music makes it at a great level. So with it being so saturated, we get links thrown at us all the time. Like me, I have different platforms. I have rap chat. I have Instagram now. I have Twitter. So when multiple people are sending me links on every platform, there's just no possible way I'm going to click them all. And just that's my thing. Like a lot of people spam up. You'll be talking about something completely separate on social media. And here comes a link. Like, you know, I'm talking about my, my dog had passed away and then somebody spams me a link. It's like, I will never, ever, ever click that link. That's super duper unprofessional. Even at the beginning of me starting out with music, I knew that that, you know, that's just in bad taste. So that's my number one thing. Don't spam links. Don't, you know, follow somebody and two seconds later, DM them. Hey, hey fam, let's work. I don't even, I don't know you like that yet. We haven't built a relationship. That's just like, again, that's, that's unprofessional to me. It's just, it's a bad look. So to me, it would be, don't spam people, your links, maybe just communicate with them a little bit, interact a little bit on something separate than a music post or, you know, just get to know them. Um, before you do that, that's my number one thing. I've had people who will follow me and two seconds later, they drop their link. Yeah. Hey, check me out, fam. Hey, let's work, fam. Well, I don't even know your music, and I guarantee you probably don't know mine because you just followed me, and and it's let's work. Well, if you don't know the quality of my music and you're willing to work with me, then that says something about you right. to me. You know, at least check people's music out first. Don't just spam your links to every single person you know that makes music because there's no integrity in that. Find somebody that you like as a producer. You like their sound. Same way we come find you guys. Like, like I was talking about, I have three producers I really really like. Do the same with an artist. Find somebody, learn their sound, and, and then, you know, after a little bit of time, maybe, you know, approach them. Just don't spam people. That's my number one thing. It's a bad right. look. It never works. Maybe 2% Absolutely. of the time will somebody click that link. It's, it's you're just wasting your time. Yeah, I always say, like, you, I always say, if, like, if you wouldn't do it in person, don't do it on virtual, right? Right. I think, right. like, nobody, I mean, maybe some of you, right? There's some people out there, but, like, if you, if you yeah, wouldn't run like up, if you wouldn't, maybe yeah, right, like, if you didn't see Jalen on the street and you wouldn't run up to her, like crossing the street and go, Hey, here's a link to my beats. Listen to my beats. Right. Then like, maybe don't do it on virtual either, because I think like virtual DMing is just, it's just a, it's just a virtual space to like have a conversation and create dialogue. So I think like people have gotten confused obviously because like technology has separated almost dissociated like humanity from themselves right like people right. feel like maybe i can act differently on instagram than i can in person and i think right. no it's just instagram has just created a virtual platform in which we can communi- we can communicate without being next to each other and so i think like again if you don't approach those messages with the same respect that you would approach Jalen or myself or pain in person right then don't do it right i think i've, I've had to learn that 
not the hard way, but I've had to learn that too, just in trial and error and just figuring out, Hey, like, let me talk to this person, how I would talk to a normal person. If you actually, like you were saying, if you actually genuinely like somebody's music, maybe hit them up and say, Hey, I really actually like appreciate your music. Here are the songs that like I mess with. Um, and then maybe if it's like, Hey, I've created some beats that were inspired by the songs that I heard from your catalog. And I figured, Hey, maybe you would want to jump on these. Let me just give you the option. Right. I think sales technique one-on-one is always making the potential client feel like they have the control, right? You want to make Jalen or myself feel like we have the option to check out these beats, right? It's not like ram them down my throat and put them in my face and shove them in my face. It's like, hey, Lucian, I I made some beats that are in your vibe. I think you'd like. Um, Feel free to check them out. Let me know if you have any feedback. Um, um, You know, if you don't check them out, you don't. But if you do, I'd love to work, right? Like even just that subtle shift uh, yeah. will make me look at that DM a little bit differently than I would have if it was just like, hey, Lucian, I like your music. Here's a beat. Let's collab, right? Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and you know what? I, you know what? Um, piggybacking off that, I don't think people realize how rare, like, integrity is or just how rare manners yeah. are. Yeah. Like, and, and you actually real. stand out to yeah. me. I mean, at least when you approach me, like, professionally or, you know, just just not being, hey, fam, let's work or hey, or, hey bro, exactly. let's, you know. To me, that stands out. It's so I'll get maybe 25 of those or just spam a link like let's work or, you know, no introduction. I don't know you from from Adam. I don't know you at all. Right. And you're just dropping this in my inbox. So like you were saying, something so subtle like that, it, it does. It makes a huge difference. Like, hey, it, I just wanted really to, to send you this. You know, I, I felt it had your vibe on it. If you use it, awesome. If you don't, you don't. Um, that's always those are the best ones to get. The other thing about that is something that could turn that negative is then when they'll DM me like a couple hours later, well, did you listen? Well, what'd you think? Yeah. Give me your, give me your you know, the, some of the times I'll be like, I actually did listen. I was feeling it, but say like I was busy. I was going to come back to it right, right. You up later and talk about it. If you hit me up first, like, well, what'd you think? Like poking at me, I instantly yeah. forget about it. And, exactly. and that's, and that sucks. But again, it goes back to integrity and it goes back to like, it's so rare dealing with people who are just genuine and, genuinely like your music they don't want anything from you it's just here i'm gonna drop this exactly. if you use it awesome if you don't you don't and don't we know y'all are hungry. that person yeah for real like we know like we know people are hungry like we get it you know what i mean like right, we're right. artists too like we know everybody's hungry right. um itching to like collab and wants to put their work out there right can't knock anybody for that but i definitely think right yeah if you're the person who's doing any of that or if you're the person who like literally only dms your link just a link you just drop a link right yeah. definitely it could should be spam work. it could be like a yeah spam, right? right like let's yeah. let's definitely just do some work i think on just creating personal rapport like that's the most important thing in sales mm-hmm. anybody that's ever been in the sales world or in the sales market um you you understand these these concepts if you haven't i would i would do some due diligence in just in just reading some books or reading or watching videos or reading up a little bit on just like sales right because i think in this game this is this entire industry is built around sales this is sales right jalen is a walking llc right that's her business right so she has to take care of that business but she also has to sell it and i think for anybody that wants to um be proactive and productive and efficient in the back end of this industry, you need to learn sales because those tactics only translate in the music world, right? You want to sell beats, create a product and then, and then, and then create a good pitch, right? If you create a good pitch, it's more than likely people will bite. Well, I want to make sure that we end on time and, and respect your time, but here's the unfortunate thing. I have a lot more questions left. There are a lot more questions left in the chat. And I've also gotten a couple comments saying that, 
they would like a part two. So I'm putting both of you on the spot and asking you, would you like to come back sometime in in the future to continue this conversation? Absolutely. Yes, I would love to. Okay, that is a verbal commitment. Everybody saw it. Okay, we got a bunch of people. Yeah, they're celebrating in the chat. Part two. Yeah, okay, cool. So we'll we'll bring them back for part two. Um, once again, Jalen, Lucian Parker, we we really appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for hey, Shout out to Beat Stars and shout out to Pain One for real. I'm, I'm going to be contacting both of you and, and seeing uh, when a, a good time for, for both of you to come back is because I think this is a conversation that absolutely doesn't happen enough and it creates a lot of really unnecessary friction and anxiety between recording artists and producers and there absolutely should not be any there you know right. we're here to support each other's careers right. um, we need each other's uh careers to to work for the most part and we need uh to win together and we need to communicate and and that's that's, that's really the absolutely. only way so once again, thank you both. Shout out to everyone in the chat. I, I don't think I've ever ended a session with this many people engaged. So that's awesome. I'm sorry, I, didn't, I couldn't see the comments, you guys. I'm gonna go. I can go back and read them later, right? Well, good. See, and you committed to part two, so you're just you're gonna yes. be more involved in the chat next time. That, <clears throat> right. Jaylen, it's all we'll about connect, evolution. We'll connect on socials too, Jalen. Yes. So yeah, I followed you. You gotta follow me back. I got you. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Damn, I'm guilty. You are. <laughs> All right, sounds good, everyone. Appreciate you. Um, thank you. All right, thank you. I appreciate we'll be you back. Uh, absolutely. Dame will be back on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be back on Thursday, same time, same place, right here on BeatStars Live. BeatStars.world is the place to check out everything, everything from their new features to the racial justice initiatives. BeatStars.world. Catch you all later on the next session. Peace. <laughs>